Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dum De Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. It's P and Q here, Philippa Hall. And Quentin Rayner. Stacking up more podcasts than Kenton piled up pointless boxes during lockdown. And there's you, our Dum De Dummers, whose parsnips have never been pipped to the post by Bert Fry. This week's Dum De Dum is from our Stephen and is a pastiche of a well-known 1977 film. Quentin, any guesses? A Space Odyssey 2001, I reckon. Yeah, I got it horribly wrong. I thought it was Star Wars. That shows what I know. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, of course. And now I've seen the video, I can see it. Yes. Anyway, and on this week's podcast, we hear from Jen, Brian, Bernadette, Witherspoon, Claire, Glynn, as well as emails from Lynn and Anon of Ambridge, and a text from Christine. Marvellous. So, Quentin, what have you been up to since we last met? Well, I'm still on my travels, Philip. Uh, I had hoped to be back in, in Nottinghamshire, in the bosom of Nottinghamshire uh, to, uh, by today, but I've, I've been diverted to Hertfordshire because, um, cut long story short, <laughs> we've been moving in our my father-in-law into his new home. We thought we'd uh, 
whittle his stuff down to what he needed and we got there and realized that there was no way it was all going to fit so mm-hmm. we are moving him out to move him in i've been spending the last three days at the local tip photograph will be posted on our facebook group <laughs> page so um yeah that's uh, what i've been doing for the past uh, three days not a great week really i'm um my, my uncle sadly died on, on monday as well um so uh, he was terminally ill but uh, it's always a bit of a shock yeah so um so we had to uh, uh, break into our holiday uh, but two days early to get back to sort out my father-in-law. So, yeah, um, uh, busy week, but not mm. the best. How about you? No, I'm really sorry about that, Quentin, though. Thank it sounds you. like not not a nice week at all. Having met your father-in-law on Zoom. You did? Uh, yes, you? with a very nice study, I have to say. Lots of Well, books. it's that study that's been the bane of our life. So <laughs> it had loads of books in which you love, but I'm yes. telling you, those damn books, those damn bookshelves, <laughs> oh, and all the oh, other no. stuff in that study. Oh, anyway, we're, we're, getting, we're getting there, yes, yes. Very good. Well, yes, for us, it's just been first week back at school with both children there, which is amazing. We managed to last 24 hours before somebody in the house had to do a PCR test so that that was good going I thought um, but fortunately it was it was negative both kids have had a good week um, we found out that son has to go on an overnight camping trip this weekend we've just found that out so went to the local shop to get him some walking shoes fitted and they said there's a two-week waiting list for a shoe fitting appointment so what? yes, so we're now wondering what to do because obviously we can't wait the two weeks uh, to get to get the shoes fitted. We'll have to walk barefoot, won't we? Barefoot. <laughs> no, we've had instructions from school. We've had photos. Do not wear these shoes, and there was a photo of some stilettos. And then do wear these shoes, and they're like full hiking boots. So yes, there we go. It's all good fun. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what we've been up to, and Quentin. Reminders mm. of the Borsetshire Bulletin Board this week. With pleasure, or displeasure, I think, really. Yeah. <laughs> In Eddie's world, you don't need the three R's, but the three S's. Be subtle, look sad, and spin them a story. Mm. His recipe for being a shit, but <laughs> that's four. <laughs> as he continues to nobble the opposition in the flower and produce show to rig the best in show cup in Joe's memory. And this time he disgracefully tried to involve mm. lovely Oliver after all he's done for the Grundy family. Outrageous. Peggy, Jenny and Pat played a round of the blame game, wringing their hands about how they treated their offspring. <laughs> Touchingly, Peggy passed on a 50-year-old prayer card to Jenny she fished out of her handbag. 75-year-old Dennis the Menace turned up for a birthday party at Fallon's Tea Room with too many mates. Result, too many chefs in the kitchen as Jenny was drafted in and quickly became bossy, but saved the day. It's the happiest we've heard her in months. (laughs) While Jenny went the extra mile, her son Adam can't cope with a 20-mile commute to his new job. (laughs) He huffed and puffed his way back home for childcare duties, only for Xander to get the knives out when he fell asleep on the job. (laughs) And it appears that Adam has booked us all in for a short back and size because his new boss, a barber called Christian Lancer Boyle, <laughs> or it might have been Boyd, is even more hands-on than Brian was and his demands, such as working on a Saturday, are exhausting. Furious Ian wants to lance the Boyle, but instead of agreeing on sorting out better childcare, Ian suggests Adam gets more rest. <laughs> Give it a rest, please. After hearing some awkward impact letters being read out, or in Chris's case, petering out, Mm. Alice returned from rehab. Chris invited her back home and assumed she'd want to stay. He even made her a memory box. Yes, another bloody memory (laughs) box in Ambridge. (laughs) 
But Alice says what's missing from the memories is her. She still needs help, but she has to do it on her own and that she can't be with Chris anymore. Emma, in understanding mode, rocked up at Alice's and told her that she gets it. As Alice reveals, it's over between her and Chris. Or is it? I was left somewhat confused. Back at the ball, hanging bastard Eddie pretended to turn on the waterworks to persuade Kenton to withdraw from the flower and produce show. But just when he thought he'd pulled a fast one, mm. Fallon reminded Kenton that Joe conned him into pulling more free pints than he could count. So, wipe that floor. Very, very good, Quentin. Well done. Despite your very difficult week, that is a stunning rendition of what happened. So thank very, you. It was a very good. It was a it was a welcome escape from yes. the misery. Yes, I bet. <laughs> well, that is the gist of the last five episodes in Ambridge. So, what did you, our battle-hardened dumpty dummers, make of it all? Hello, Ambridge 3962. And first of all, we have jubilant Jen. Greetings, Quentin and Philippa. Jen here, calling in early this week because the episode tonight with the Adam and Ian parenting has just got me so riled. Um, Thinking about it, there's Adam. His new job seems to mean that he's got regular hours. He's never had that before. Adam was always working 18, 20 hour days doing all the work at home farm. Now he seems he's on a nine to five, five days a week kind of a gig. So he gets up in the morning, he gets himself ready, he goes out of the house, he sits on his bum in the car, he can listen to the radio, he then goes to his office or his tractor, and he has a nice relaxing drive home. Meantime, poor old Ian, up at the crack of dawn with Xander, changing Mm. nappies, cleaning up mess, cooking, cleaning, trying to get the housework done, trying to get the food in, trying to keep this busy little chap who's so clever he can answer phones um, entertained all day long. And then when he's got the kid clean, dressed in its pyjamas, and the day is finally done, what does he get to do for his rest and relaxation? He gets to go up to Grey Gables and work as a Mm. chef until midnight. I'm sorry, but if anyone in this couple should be on their knees tired, it's Ian. When you have a chef and a farmer, they both work antisocial hours, they both work long hours, a nanny or a live-in au pair was always going to have to be part of the plan. Absolutely ridiculous storyline. Time they sorted their childcare out. Jen, I'm on your page uh, <laughs> because I mean, I you know, Adam drives me nuts anyway. But he he really <laughs> peaked, didn't he, this week? My word! What annoys me, what what I've, I've tweeted about this, and I've always felt this is that there's nothing between those two. Every conversation between them is transactional. It's not conversational. I don't think there's any chemistry at all, mm. and it doesn't ring true. And this was a classic one this week where, you know, as I said in my review, he he comes in and he huffs and he puffs and he's all apologetic and he wants to clear up the jam or whatever's on the floor. Um, And and then Ian gets all sort of accommodating. I'd rather Mm. see, I'd rather like, I want to see Ian follow it through. Mm. And he gets, he starts wondering what he ian could do more and as yeah. jen pointed out i mean he's he's up at the crack of dawn he's doing all the childcare really and he has to go off to great gables and work till midnight it's 
patently obvious what they have to do and they have to get some proper childcare in. And as um, Jen said, a nanny or a live-in au pair, but um, they almost seem to think it might be a parental failure if they do. I think they're sort of determined to prove to themselves and everybody else that it's going to work. Well, it wasn't working beforehand and now it's not not going to work this time, is it? Because poor old Adam has a 20-mile commute. (sighs) So Jen, you're quite right. And for goodness sake, you two. I, I, I mean, I don't know whether it's the acting, I don't know whether it's the scripting, mm. or whether it's just the characters. It just just does not gel when you compare their relationship to other um, authentic relationships, married relationships in the Archers. I'm thinking of Linda and yes. and Roberts, and I'm yeah. thinking of Jennifer and Brian. Yeah, they and and Neil and Susan. They they feel right. They fit. They fit. These two don't. And um, come on, get get real in every sense of the word. Yes. I mean, sometimes I think Ian's getting stronger and standing up for himself. And then he just backs right down Mm. again and becomes weak once more. And when he offered to move nearer to Adam's workplace, I just Mm. thought, no, poor Ian's the one that that is then going to be driving even more. I mean, it just puts more on on Ian. I, I don't understand why Adam's character seems to be getting worse and worse. He you know, it's just progressive mm. almost how, how mm. bad he's getting. Mm, mm, uh, yes, okay, in the past he's been unfaithful, but he still had some light and fun. And, and he's just, it's just painful to listen to. And as you say, Quentin, when he interacts with, with Ian as well, it's almost as if Adam is getting more blinkered than Brian, which is something. I mean, if you're not a soil particle, you know, Adam just isn't really interested. Uh, I think clearly something has to happen about childcare. Nannies are expensive, but au pairs are not, Um, especially if you can, you know, provide them with nice accommodation in your house and maybe offer them to help with the language or, you know, it's a win-win. It can be. I don't understand what's going Mm. on with that. I didn't understand why Ian hadn't told Adam about this phone call with his boss needing to talk to, to Adam. So it just showed me that the relationship is is disintegrating there and oh gosh so brian isn't the worst boss Um, yeah and the new boss wants adam to work on a saturday my goodness welcome to you know the real world where you end up working every hour and christian every day christian lancer boyle yeah well i was thinking why don't they just get zander to to call christian and uh say that adam can't can't come and work as zander's so good at well I, i saw a really interesting theory on twitter that um Christian Lancer Boyle. We're going to call him that, aren't we? Lancer Boyle. Um, Francis Adam. That's why he's having him over on a, on a Saturday. That'll be interesting, won't it? That is in, I just think he's one of these people that don't, you know, don't know anything about farming. He's watched the Jeremy Clarkson programme, so he's bought a farm because thinking that's a good thing to do. And uh, yeah, but, it's a steep Yeah, but if he, if he hits, hits on Adam, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? Well, good luck. yeah, let them let them go off and let Ian just have a nice, calm, happy it, life. But it really kicked off on Twitter, didn't it? That people were furious about Adam moaning about his silly little commute. Oh, Pathetic. 20 miles. I mean, my <laughs> goodness. So many of us have had majorly long commutes. 20 miles is nothing at all. Uh, and if that's the only thing that's making him tired and, and Ian sort of pandering to him and saying he's got to rest and the shock of the century that the workmates hate Adam as well. Gosh, what a surprise. <laughs> They've got great judgment. <laughs> yes. You could just imagine them sitting there and Adam turns up and they're like, oh, here we go. And then he starts speaking, you know, how, how are you, Adam? Did you have a good weekend? Well, it was awful. I mean, I didn't actually 
get the scene with Xander chucking knives everywhere. I had to keep listening how, to how, it. Because how old I, is this kid? How old is this kid? I don't think this came out of... No, we didn't hear it. We just heard Ian storming yeah, back. Is he, is, he old, is he old enough to pick up a phone and have a conversation? I've lost track of how old well, he is. Well, he's old enough to to pick up a, because you know you often have toys that are phones, so they mm-hmm. he would learn to pick up a phone. But because um, Ian assumed Sammy was up because Adam didn't pick the phone up, I think one can deduce. Yes, and yeah. Xander had picked it up and probably said, Dad is asleep, I'm practising my knife throwing and I'm going to enter the circus. Please don't miss, Xander, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, line Daddy up in your eyesight. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was hoping when he bucketed off to that new job we'd hear less of him, but we seem to be hearing even more from this dreadful man. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Are the script writers trying to make the character so uncomfortable that that he's going to he's going to come back to home farm, isn't he? He's going to get so demoralised yes. that he's going to come back, and especially with Alice prevaricating as to whether. Actually, before I forget, we have got a theory as to how we could solve this childcare uh, problem late in one of our calls, haven't we? So we won't a spoil brilliant it. suggestion. Mm. So yes, no, we we mustn't. We must keep quiet mm. on on that one. But yes, Jen, thank you. A splendid call as always. And now we go to brilliant Brian. Hello, all. It's Brian. Um, I've had a real problem with Eddie this week. Um, I always roll my eyes at uh, the Eddie schemes, mm. um, and this one particularly. Seems particularly daft, but uh, that's part of the arches. I just go with it. Um, but what I really don't like is the way he's treating Oliver. It seems like he's manipulating him and treating him with utter contempt, which a doesn't sound right for Eddie because I've always thought of him as basically good natures and, mm. and likes Oliver. Um, and b Oliver's letting him do it, which also doesn't ring true. Um, the um, when Oliver's providing Eddie with his house at a below average rent, mm-hmm. you think Eddie'd mm-hmm. be more careful about what he says to him a little bit. Um, and again, for Oliver, he's always known what Eddie and before Eddie and Joe were like, and has always um, indulged him because he had a spot spot for them. But that, mm-hmm. he didn't. He knew what their schemes were. Um, and just let him go, get away with it sometimes because he liked them, and that's fair enough. But the way he's, he's almost completely subservient to Eddie now, which mm. he doesn't seem... I mean, Eddie, Oliver's meant to be a businessman. He's meant, he meant to be able to put, put his side over and make decisions and be authoritative, and it, it, it's just not at the moment. So the whole thing seemed off and wrong and I don't mm. like it there we are that's what my my view um and uh I wish this, this storyline would go away but never mind <laughs> uh must talk to you bye for now bye oh thanks Brian so much for your call yes I agree I mean the word that just came in my mind when I was listening is despicable I just thought mm. it was awful the way Eddie was treating Oliver it was in a way similar but worse to how he treated Joy the week before on the the yeah. chauffeur, the, the the limo ride round. I mean, it does seem that Eddie can only function when he's got a sidekick. And it's almost as if he's trying different people out to find who that sidekick is, because, of course, he doesn't have Joe 
there mm. anymore. Um, I mean, if if Oliver starts calling everyone by their full names, then we know he's the replacement for Joe. But let's let's hope not. You know, if David comes in, hello, David Archer. If Oliver says that, we'll know he's Joe's replacement. Um, I don't know. I just don't understand how Eddie can be portrayed in this way. It's a shock to hear him like this. He's scheming, isn't he? Yes. Uh, and I was very glad that at the end, finally, Fallon mm. um, highlighted the fact to Kenton that that Eddie was just on the take, and uh, and I I uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to hearing the Flower and Produce show, which will be later today. Um, but also, I'm dreading it because I don't think it's right that everyone pulls out to placate Eddie, and just makes me very uncomfortable. The whole the whole scene with Eddie, well, each scene with Eddie and Oliver this week, I, it just felt wrong to me. What did you think, Quentin? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I went off him last week because of his behaviour with Joy, and I've gone off him even more this week. Uh, mm. Because it, Oliver's one of my favourite characters, and to hear him, as you say, uh, as, as Brian said, manipulating him mm. and treating him with contempt and making him really embarrassed, and he, he's he's... He's an honourable chap, Oliver. He doesn't like to um, lie and, and and be deceitful. And he's being forced to be deceitful, and he he just couldn't make himself do it, could he? He pulled out with uh, Kenton and uh, mm. Jolene. That's why uh, Eddie had to step in at the end. And I mean, as I said in my review, you know, there was one moment where he pretended to choke, didn't he? And I hated that. Mm. And then he said, oh, yeah. and then he played the the emotional blackmail line of, of course, Joe was your best customer. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, he wasn't. <laughs> if he's the best customer, then you he, need to look at your profits. Again. He's got he's got the biggest tab in the Bulls' history. Yeah, mm. so um, I, I, I didn't like that, and, and um, it just doesn't quite. I agree with Brian; it doesn't ring true because they mm. owe so much to Oliver as a family. Yes, the fact they can still live in the house that they love. Yeah, and, and the fact that um, Oliver helps. Well, he he, he saved. Ed Grundy, didn't he, by giving him that job and believing in him mm. to run his new herds. So uh, to then use him for this, these pathetic ends, just for this wretched cup who gives a damn, um, which will be worthless because he hasn't won it genuinely, um, made, made left a very sour taste in my mouth. So I'm completely with Brian and um, I don't like it and I want them to move on and I hope they, mm. I hope they don't win the cup. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I hope so too. I mean, we heard a little bit of this relationship with Eddie and Oliver last week with the turkeys. I think it was last week or the week mm, before. Yeah. Um, so there were signs of it then, but I didn't realise it was going to escalate to this. I mean, Oliver is, yes, he's got the business, he's got the hotel, but he got that through Caroline. Mm. Um, and yet, while I would say he's not he's not a sharp Alan Sugar businessman, he is an honourable honourable, uh, mm. and, and, and responsible business person uh, and so I don't understand why he didn't say no why is he so beholden to Eddie what has Eddie got over Oliver that they're doing all of this is Oliver so lonely and I suppose there have been times you know at Christmas and and when Oliver's been um very down that they have and Clary would bring him out and make him join the family and sit there and um mm. and so, so maybe he feels that he has to, but there's been no signs of this before. And there's not the side conversation of Oliver saying to someone, well, I'm having this, I wouldn't normally do it, but I'm having to go along with it because I feel. So it just, it seems unnatural. I had a slight weird experience last night because we, 
after day two of moving my father-in-law in, settled down to, uh, we're going, you know how you spend about half an hour going through all the menus on the streaming services and by the end of it, you've actually <laughs> lost the will to watch anything. Yeah. And we finally settled on the, the Falklands play, which was uh, a few years back now. It was on Amazon Prime. It had Patricia Hodge playing Margaret Thatcher. It was a build-up to the Falklands. And oh. the, the first face you see in this drama is that of Michael Cochran, who plays oh, Oliver. Gosh, yes. Um, so, uh, Oliver was on my telly last night. How weird is that? But uh, he was acting a different character to the one on the... He was. Uh, he was playing... Remember Nicholas Ridley? Yes. Oh, yeah, oh. He, was, he was playing him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very good. Well, there yes. we go. There we go. Uh, so, Brian, thank you very much for your call. Great thoughts. And, yes, thoroughly agree with them. Yeah. And now we go to bedazzling Bernadette. Well, it's, it's Bernadette Hawkes here, Archer's fan, 2015. Well a relatively ordinary, mm. normal week in the Archers this week. Um, yes, Alice came back, but we knew she had to come back at some point. A bit surprised that she came back so early, mm. but that nevertheless, I presume the script, the script writers have done their research. Anyway, um, difficult for Alice, I thought. Uh, I'm, I'm not normally a fan, but I... I've been much kinder about her of late. Um, I think she needs support, even from the likes of me. But the thing I'm really phoning about is Eddie and this stupid, stupid, irritating, beyond belief storyline. I mean, even Eddie must know it can't work. And as for trying to rope in poor Oliver, Oliver's too much of a gentleman to to be going with, with this nonsense mm. and quite rightly swerved it. And I just need to mention before I go, Philippa, mm. last week you were irritated beyond belief. Every single minute of the <laughs> just seemed to irritate <laughs> you, which made me chuckle. Ah. Um, but also I was irritated alongside, alongside you. So... <laughs> Uh, let's carry on being irritated. <laughs> uh, great to hear from you, Bernadette, in good quality this time, because uh, last week we struggled to hear you, so glad to hear every every word of yours. Um, it's always an honour to have Bernadette on the, on the podcast. She is queen of the bagel. You go, mm. what's a bagel? Um, it's, uh, it's a daily thing Ambridge Analytica puts out on Twitter, saying who, are the, who have been the most prolific tweeters of that day and indeed of the week, and Bernadette is often crowned mm. with that honour. So we are honoured, Bernadette. Thank you. Uh, an ordinary week, you say. Um, uh, don't know about that. I, I found it quite a varied week, but um, you know, it was an interesting week. It got us all riled. So I think that's probably a good week. Um, I think we're probably going to speak at length about Alice later on, aren't we? Um, mm. You say that her return was a bit early. I thought it was a bit early. I agree with you, uh, Bernadette. And I, you, it makes you want the whole. Her whole story has been played out in real time. So why have they concertinaed her her mm. discharge time? I didn't th- I didn't think that rang true, and I don't think she's ready to be back. In fact, she, there was a script line, wasn't there, saying, "Well, I'm not sure I want to go back yet." And Jenny also expressed reservations as well. Yes. Well, who am I irritated with this week? You may ask, and I will tell you. I am it- irritated. Is there time for me to make a cup of tea? <laughs> There's only three, actually. <laughs> only three on my list this You're week. You're slacking. I am irritated with, obviously, Eddie 
and Adam and Dennis James with his 75th birthday party. <laughs> How do you forget that you're going to invite another 300 people and then expect? <laughs> I hope that they uh, that Fallon invoiced for the full amount. I really hope so. Because if she didn't, if she invoiced the cost for only three people turning up instead of 300, yeah. then... Well, she, was, she was in a very generous mood this week, wasn't she? Because oh, she yeah. stepped aside on the judging, so she probably didn't. Yes. Well, at least she she uh, redeemed herself at the end with Kenton and, and yeah. getting him to change his mind about Eddie. So, that, so that's something. So yes, thank you, um, Bernadette, for being irritated with me. Let's let's stick together in the irritated club. I think um, what Bernadette's saying about a normal week is that she means that this this week we didn't have animals, yachts, or a dubious hamper anywhere in sight. So that's oh. something to be grateful for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I heard Kenton call Oliver Ollie. I had to rewind it three times to make sure. What? What? Say that again. Kenton called Oliver Ollie. Yeah, what? He's not Ollie. He's never an Ollie. I've never heard that before. I don't understand why anybody... Oliver is never an Ollie. He is, as Bernadette says, a gentleman. That's classic Kenton. He calls his brother Dave, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, when Kenton was going on about stacking these boxes and, oh, it was, you know, one day more, I thought he was about to burst into us the song from Les Miserables one, one day more because it just seemed, I don't know, I thought they were heading that way, but but well, they re- didn't. Rename it One Box More. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, for me, it's one thing to hear Eddie winding up, I don't know, say Linda, because there's one moment where he thinks he's winning, then the next minute she's turned the conversation around so she's winning, and, and it's the balance between yeah. them. So you do end up rooting yeah. for him to win because yes. you want him to, to get the comeuppance. But, but, and, there's no, and there's no malice. In the, there's exactly. Malice. He's Correct. not being yeah. nasty there. Yes, mm. he's trying mm. to um, win from a business point of view, make some money, mm. but not in, in this nasty way. But it's the last few weeks where he has changed so much. Uh, I I I am perplexed. I really am perplexed, Philippa. Perplexed, Philippa. But yes, Bernadette, thank you for your call. Please keep calling in. I need to know who you're irritated by every week so we can compare notes. Well, we'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this, thinking I'd like to record a message and I wonder how I should do it, here's how. Yes, as we always say, we like to think of this as the people's podcast, but uh, we need people on it. So (laughs) if you want to record a message or a plot prediction, one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red speak pipe link on the left of the page and then submit your call. I promise you it is ever so easy and you can have as many goes as you like. So don't worry about cocking it up. Another way is to send a WhatsApp voice note to this number. If you've got a pen and paper, 07957 167 696. That's 07957 167 696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK, to add a plus four four. Speaking of the website, you'll find a link there to Patreon where you can financially support the show. Now, Royfield has been going on about how many costs are involved with steering the good ship Dum De Dum and is getting cross that we're not talking about Patreon more. So please get him off our back. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> your help would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> please, yes, on bended knee. It means we won't get told off as much. But yeah. There we go. Anyway. 
let's get back to those calls. And first of all, we hear from the upper, lower, east, west side. It's, of course, wonderful with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa and Quentin and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Well, Alice will be the focus of this caller in. First off, going back to the previous week, most everyone agrees that requesting her close family write letters to her was an appropriate early part of a treatment plan. It's connected to two of the 12 steps of AA, making a searching and fearless moral inventory and making a list of all persons the alcoholic has harmed and making amends to them. Just a brief observation about Brian. I understand his anxiety and reluctance to write such a letter, but he again went to the go-to neurotic defense in his playbook. I know better than everyone else, including the experts, so I will do things my way so Mm. it won't challenge the worldview I have created. Mm. Now back to Alice. I was surprised she was discharged so soon after Chris and Jennifer read their letters to her. What? No additional family therapy as part of Alice's treatment? No opportunity for us to hear Alice talking to her therapist to process the letters? Clearly, she was not ready to leave. No mention of discharge planning, such as a step-down intensive treatment program, a therapist, and AA attendance? This expensive rehab program certainly needs to invest more in their discharge planning. So Alice returns home, ill-prepared to deal with the stress of being in the world outside of rehab. Once again, we see that without any sort of adjunct treatment or education for Chris, he continues to think that Alice's recovery will be a straight and smooth road. Months and months ago, when Alice was first pregnant, I predicted she would have to leave Ambridge. Hmm. Chris, her family, and the village itself would suffocate her and lead to a relapse. And she did begin to feel it almost immediately. I recommend a sober living house for six months to a year and lots of outpatient treatment. Good luck, Alice. And talk to everyone soon. Oh, with the spoon. Thank you very much for for your call. Good to have you calling in again. Um, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable with the letter reading sequence at all, and we didn't hear Brian's letter. I'd really have liked to have heard that because I think it would be important to hear eventually after his struggle and fight to to put the words down what he had to say. And as as you've highlighted, there's no support there for Chris or Jenny. Uh, It's interesting to hear your confirmation with the spoon that it it is usually there. So that was something that seemed strange. Um, To me, Jenny and Alice's relationship seems a lot more natural than Alice and Chris's. It just doesn't seem that healthy. I mean, in the letter session, Alice didn't seem as excited to see Chris. She greeted her mother. She greeted Jenny much more. And then when she did finally turn to Chris, she offered for him to sit in the car. I know it was because she thought he might not be comfortable. So I understand the intention was there, but it just it just felt really uncomfortable to me. And Chris seems as dependent on Alice as Martha is almost too much. And, uh, you know, is that dependency? Is that what's made her addiction worse? I, I, I don't know. I. I was pleased to hear the progression of Alice this week, still very early days, but she did refer to herself as a cow and just shows how low she still is, her self-worth. Is she ready for Ambridge? Yeah, a, a lot a lot of questions still, but Witherspoon, really helpful. I mean, crikey, you're a psychiatrist, so you know this uh, inside out. So very helpful. Thank you. 
It was, and, and um, hopefully, Bernadette, those give you the answers that you were after mm-hmm. from from Witherspoon, from an expert. That yeah, she was discharged too soon, and this rehab centre needs to sort out its its discharge procedures. I mean, at the end there, Witherspoon was saying that he would recommend her living for six months in a sober living house, six months mm. to a year, I think he said. Yes, yeah. Um, shall we encourage this so we get a six months off from Alice? <laughs> <sighs> That would give us all a break, wouldn't it? <laughs> Maybe um, Adam could go and join her. That, that, oh, God, that yes. Good. But I didn't even know there was such a thing, this um, no. sober living house. And that sounds like mm. a, a great way to get come to terms a little bit more with your addiction and get the support mm. you need without going straight back into the life that might have led you into that in mm. the first place. Mm. I mean, it was it was a funny week in terms of Alice, and I couldn't work out what I thought about her. And then this interesting thread came up between two people on Twitter, somebody we're very familiar with, uh, Ambridge Pony Club, Jen Steeman. And she said uh, this, a court, because I thought Alice's behaviour was strange. She, she went from one extreme, not extreme, but from one Alice to another. Anyway, Jen put this tweet out according to Marion Keys that sense of being worthless and hating yourself but also being very superior is common addicts personality it's complicated and I don't think they're doing a great job explaining it with Alice mm. to which Judith Rosenberg replied you're right talk to other half a recovering alcoholic I have his permission to discuss him re-alcoholism she says and he says that is common the sense of worthlessness and also that of superiority in the same person, which I thought was interesting Gosh. because I got that from both from Alice this yes. week. Because when Emma came round, she was a bit sort of up herself, wasn't she? She's I like, thought Ooh. she was drunk to begin with. I thought oh, did she'd you? been drinking because that was the sort of the, the evil right. Alice that we were presented with before. Didn't and occur yet, to me. Yeah. Within the conversation, it, it seemed that she hadn't been drinking and, and she calmed down. But that's fascinating to see that there are those sort of two personalities. And I suppose we have heard that with Alice. Yeah, because there was an element of superiority, I thought. Mm. Um, this sort of. And self-indulgence. I mean, part of me was thinking, well, surely the best way of getting better um, is you need something to really distract you and, 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 and make you stop thinking about the booze is to invest all your time primarily in Martha and perhaps your marriage. But the more I sort of was reading up and seeing what other people were saying who were far more informed about this, they were, they were saying that she really is in no state. She hasn't got that strength. Mm. to do that yes and there's she's too burdened by all the expectations yeah that her family and the village expect and the worst place for her at the moment is to be in Ambridge and at home she has to build up that strength so that she is capable of 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 becoming a mother and a wife again um but again is she coming back as she split up from Chris I was it was all a bit confusing because on the one hand she's telling chris no we are still i still love you and we're still together but i need to spend some time and do it all myself and then she was saying to emma yeah it's over and then emma was saying yeah i get it you're right so have they split i don't know i i i think they have and i feel they have you think they have yeah i think i think well Alice has split with Chris. Yes, she still loves him. And yes, it's hard, especially when someone is that sort of 
desperate. Chris is, is. But is it a permanent split? Does she want to split? Permanent? Well, I, I feel, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I feel that since she married Chris, and then once she got pregnant, you know, the, her alcoholism has become even more exacerbated. So, how however lovely Chris is, and however well intentioned, Alice doesn't suit that that relationship it, it's changing alice they're not intellectually um equal are they i think that's part of the problem that, uh, that, i don't know i not, don't i don't oh, think alice that. is far brighter isn't uh, she? yes but i don't think it's that i think it's this it's it's the burden it's having people dependent on you and Alice wasn't ready for that. Their wedding was, you know, such a sort of spur of the moment, Las Vegas. Um, she got pregnant. She had, That wasn't planned. She, she didn't set out uh, from a young age that she wanted to get married, that she wanted to live in a cottage, cottage with roses around it and have a family. She was much more focused on career and life, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, again, I could be wrong, but I just feel it's not been the best thing for Alice. Of course, we've got to think about Martha, a baby in, in all of this. But again, if Alice um, can uh, conquer her ad- addiction as much as anyone can um, sh- and not live with Chris, that would, I would imagine that would be better for Martha than in a house with... Right. But an as a- and when, if she does conquer it, do you think she'll come back? Personally, well, she might come back, but that could cause another relapse because, again, Chris is going to be dependent on her. So I, uh, this sounds so callous to say, but I think she'd be better off not not being married full stop and having carving out a different life, maybe going away and working in an equestrian centre. What, surrendering custody entirely of Martha? No, 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 just not being married to Chris. And, well, I, it's a difficult one with Martha because mm. being a mother is just an extra pressure but whether if Chris wasn't piling the pressure on would she be able to hold Martha and enjoy her time with Martha more you you know it's almost as if she's got two children there but do you think a sober Alice would be a good mother I have my doubts um well it's uh, we'll try and be the best we can I, I think sober she would do the do the best that she can yeah it's not for me to judge her on that but um it's getting sober and staying sober uh, and the contribution of Chris to that, uh, it's very, very difficult. And I have no experience mm. about this. Mm. So it's, it's difficult. It's not, it? Yeah. It's not for me to say, and as mm. I say, it's just difficult to say, well, you know, you're better off if, if you're, if your parents split up Martha, but I, I think she, I've not seen any evidence that Alice and Chris work really well long-term. Very, very useful call. Thanks, Witherspoon. Yes, definitely. So thanks, Witherspoon. And on to another super call from charismatic Claire. Hey, dum dum It's Claire from Clapham here. I'm trying this for the third time because I didn't do it right last time. Um, so just wanted to reflect this week about how lucky I was in my life to discover uh, a marvellous childminder when my daughter was about seven months um, who really made a difference to me in my life um, because I was in a similar sort of situation to Chris. Um, and, uh, you know, it was important to have a childminder because I was working full time. And, um, you know, 
it's just that's what people do mm. <laughs> and uh, Adam and Ian could probably take a leaf out of that book as well so um yeah definitely sort your childcare out guys um and here's my top tip I think Joy should train as a childminder and get qualified mm. and she would be a great addition to the village in fact I'm surprised there isn't someone in Ambridge one of the unheard unknown characters who might be a childminder and um that would solve a lot of problems. And I think Joy would love being a childminder, keeps her active, got a nice big house to herself, uh, you know, surround herself with the kiddies, lots of things to do. So um, I think she'd be uh, a good person for that. But you know, mm. we'll see. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say this week was how uh, the thing with um, Jenny in the tea room, like Jenny needs to be useful. And I think she showed quite a lot of good understanding this week when reading her letter to Alice that she wasn't beaten around the bush and she was brutally honest, um, but she just sort of needs to be needed. And they sort of pandered to that a bit in the tea room. I don't think they could do mm. that all the time. And I just like to question how much it was caring for her and how much it was enabling that particular characteristic. Um, there's a lot of enabling goes on around drunk people and uh, in all sorts of ways. And that was one of them. So, Anyway, keep up the good work and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye, Claire. Uh, third time lucky. Delighted that you persevered. We always like to hear from you, Claire. Mm. Um, always makes interesting points. Her, her, her main point is about child minding and sort, sort yourselves out, Chris and uh, Adam and Ian. And uh, joy. Mm. Joy is a solution. Mm. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, great. She, 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 um, she'd be very good at it, I think. My one reservation is that the, the one example of her child mining was a disaster, wasn't it? When she looked after Henry and <sighs> is it Jack as well as brother? Yeah. 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 And, uh, and she let them play with Lee's <laughs> precious models, superhero models, and let them rip open the boxes and all that, which at the time I expressed suspicions about, because I, as I've, have mentioned once or twice on this podcast. I think um, she's not as sweet as we all think, but we shall see. I thought it might have been deliberate. Who knows? But anyway, um, so she wasn't that successful. So I think she does need some training, definitely. But yeah, potentially she she would solve a lot of problems. Um, do you think that's a good idea, Philippa? Joy is a charmander? Yeah, I think Joy is an amazing idea. I think it's a brilliant suggestion. Yeah, okay, she let the boys open the wolverine but for heaven's sake say it needed doing so i i think that it all came right in the end um i mean joy has never mentioned money being an issue as far as i'm aware but yeah she's got too much time she's lonely i think it would work so well adam is very anti-xander having any mm. longer time at nursery which is all well and good but you've got to come up with a different suggestion i think i think claire's spot on with with joy really um mm. I just, yeah, are they enabling Jenny in the tea room? Well, yes, they were, but I I didn't feel that that was well, an I, issue at this point. Let's I just think they invited, her, they invited her out of desperation, didn't they? Uh, and she saved the day. They did, but then with the judging, I, I, I think there was, there was oh, a that. bit of both. And they realised yeah. that she did need her mind taking off things, and that's when perhaps the enabling happened. But I think in those circumstances... I didn't have a problem with it. What I did have a problem with was how thick were Emma and Harrison 
when Fallon was going on about how she couldn't make the judging. I mean, it was so oh, obvious. Harrison, shut up! Yes, it's like it was written in the sky with fireworks. Oh. And, and Harrison's job is to work out when someone's telling the truth and the real story. So. Uh, to well, be fair, he was good with Alice when he sat and listened to Alice, but he just didn't listen to Fallon, yeah. did he? Didn't listen to Fallon. And I hate that in dramas when somebody plows on and doesn't listen. They keep talking, they keep talking, and say, shut up, listen yeah. to what they're saying. And it was, it was so obvious. It's unrealistic as well. Yeah. I, don't think people, I don't think people talk like that. <laughs> I don't. Well, having said all that, I, I, I love the archers. It does sound like I'm moaning all the time. It's, it's, well, that's, that's the joy of the archers. Don't feel bad, don't feel bad yeah, about that. That's, okay, what, that's what we're here for. There we go. But Claire, thank you very yeah. much for your Love calls, your calls, Claire. Thank always. you. And now we go to the one and only glorious Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Uh, if there's any extraneous background noise, it's because we've got the builders in at the moment. Um <laughs> This week, I'd first like to talk a little bit about Chris Carter, who I think is suffering from a case of you will get better fallacy, Hmm. by which I mean he thinks um, Alice can recover to the person she was before. Um, I think this is quite common when someone's gone through um, a significant event which has changed them in some ways. Um, that people near them think that with just the right treatment or doing the right th- them doing the right things can restore the person to who they were before. Mm. Uh, it's quite possible that the person can recover from a bad place to a good place, um, but it may well be a different good place mm. to the one that they or to the one they were before. Uh, I think until Chris realizes that that's going to be the case with Alice, that she can recover to a good place, but her life is never going to be like, and his life is never going to be like it was before. Um, he's going to struggle to help her. I mean, and turning to Alice, I think she's realized that she needs to give her full attention to getting better. And she's aware that if she moved back in with Chris, there'd be obligations of a marriage. And by which I mean, I don't think there'd be demands from Chris or demands from Martha. Alice herself would feel obliged to do things. And she's just not got the strength to do those things. And I think she's twigged that. Anyway, um, thank you as ever for the podcast. Stay safe, everybody. And see you soon. Bye. Yes, Glyn, very, very wise words that uh, even with treatment, even um, if she does get to a good place, she will be a different person. She will have been affected by what she's gone through. And it's important to bear that in mind. It just feels like Alice needs to parent herself, not Martha. And as I said earlier, it felt like Chris wanted to, wanting to be parented as well. It just, it's not the right balance for her. Um, Chris just seemed desperate, you know, making the curry, making this banner that, oh, Martha did it really. I just supervised. No, no, you were there with your paintbrush. Uh, doing the banner or welcome home mummy we love you so much you can just imagine it more and more pressure not understanding the place that that Alice is in and this memory box when I first heard him talking about it and and Susan doing it as well I, I thought it was a lovely idea but it wasn't the time to bring it out at all I thought the gift might have been I don't know maybe a 
a, a bracelet or some earrings, something, nothing expensive, just some a little something. Not that it was necessary, but I once he got the memory box, I, I thought oh. it's it's the yeah. worst gift ever at that point. It's, you know, here's memories of everything, and you weren't there. It, it just we learned that Chris can draw with a pencil. We don't know if he can he draw can, with a with can, color. He can barely write. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's why he got Martha to do the banner. Um, and I, I did like it when Emma was talking to Alice. You know, Emma was, yeah, she was protective of Chris, but she was very mm. measured and understanding. She'd done and her when, research. Yes, mm. she'd gone to Google. And when she said to Alice, I think you can get better. And Alice said, I think I can. Yes, that, that at least is positive. Glyn's call is a, is a, classic call in terms of somebody who's gone away and really thought carefully about uh, this week's episodes. And he, mm. Glenn is always thoughtful, but he's been mega thoughtful this week, Glenn, because, you know, you, you've been looking at, uh, you know, you suggest that Chris uh, is suffering from your get better fallacy. And I think you're, you're right there because he just wants it all to be how it used to be. And it, mm. it ain't going to be that, is it ever? Uh, and I love that phrase that's, can be recovery that Glyn was suggesting, but to a different good place. Mm. And that shows how much Glyn has really thought about all this. And I think he's, he's, he's spot on that, um, yes, if they are going to make something of this terrible situation, it'll have to be different, but hopefully it, w- it will be a good place. And th- she doesn't have the strength, does she, uh, to... Uh, fulfill the obligations expected of her both uh, as a mm. wife and, and a mother and as with witherspoon said she, she needs to go away and he was talking about this uh, sober house wasn't he for six mm. months to a year so that's all dovetails really glean into what others have suggested and uh and uh, I, I think you're absolutely spot on and this um just going back to the memory box which we all winced at somebody on twitter referred to it as a guilt box and I, yeah and, and that's what it was yes, I mean, that is. it had the reverse effect didn't it because as she said the, the only thing that's missing here is me mm. and but that made me think well the way you fill that in alice is to be there but she's not in the right place to be there yet, is she? So, mm. but she will have to be there at some stage if she wants to form any memories for Martha. But that's a whole can of worms if I can mix cans and boxes together. <laughs> you can. We'll we'll allow that. I mean, just some absolutely superb calls. What mm. what wonderful listeners and callers, callerinerers we we have. A very knowledgeable and thoughtful. So thank you very much. But you can also send us an email or a text if you prefer. How can Dumpty Dummers do that, Quentin? Oh, it's jolly easy. Jolly easy, Philippa. Uh, you're very welcome to, yeah, we appreciate that everybody wants to come on and leave a voice message. So we'd like to hear you, hear from you in different ways. So you're very welcome to send a text to this number, 07957 You didn't have a pen and paper, did you? Here we go. 07957 Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK to add a plus 44, or uh, you could send us an email, please do. Visit the uh, dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the dumptydum.com website. Now, please do get your calls, emails, and texts in by lunchtime on Sunday as we record this at around about 3 o'clock UK time. And also remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. 
And so we go from our caller-innerers to our email and texter-innerers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And the first email this week is from Lynn. Yeah. Hi, Lynn. Uh, she says, I predict the cases are going to pop up at intervals over the next 30 years plus, much mm. like the Fairbrothers. Mm. They have the dual advantages of not being blood relatives of any archers, thus deepening the gene pool. Plus, they have more identifiable accents. <laughs> this is a long-term prediction and cannot, therefore, be easily disproved. <laughs> <laughs> She's hedging her bets best mm. there. Yes, um, those Fair Brothers pop up, don't they, and upset Jill every uh, ten years or so. Um, mm. And I'd, I'd love to have some more of the, of their father and played by Andrew Head. That was great when he when he appeared for those uh, cameo roles, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, the cases. Well, we yeah, uh, Beth has been taken up Lakey Hill as we discussed the other week by Ben. She's she's here for the long term. So also. Vince and uh, Elizabeth have, has, has hardly started, hasn't it? And what about his mother? She's going to pop up again, yeah, surely, yeah, rattling doors. Yeah. Um, and, and they have an identifiable accent. As, not quite sure that makes any difference, but at least we know they're a Casey, don't we? <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I think you're right. Um, we will have more of the cases inevitably. We have to because they've started so many storylines with them. But um, the Fairbrothers have gone very silent, haven't they, recently? We haven't known from Toby for millennia. No. Um, I quite like Toby. He's, he's irritating, but he's harmless, isn't he? <laughs> They're all irritating, but <laughs> yes, we love them really. And I love long-term predictions. I think I think that's a, a great one, Lynn. Uh, the cases could be here for the long term, yes. And and I think it's particularly because we've been invited to get to know more and more of the family. It's showing us that there, there could be... Um, something long term speaking of long term i'm surprised by jenny taking so long to talk to peggy and to have the the reunion okay jenny didn't fully uh forgive and forget but to have some sort of reunion there seems so many cups of tea pat was having tea on sunday with peggy then she had tea with jenny then we had peggy having cups of tea with jenny it was all very confusing oh my goodness and that fisherman's prayer was it just me it made me cry 
Like I, you're an emotional woman. I am. I am. But this idea of just being a small boat in a massive sea. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful prayer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and with somebody you know, somebody suggested it should be given to Lighthouse Lil, mind you, but. <laughs> what the walrus yeah, or something yeah. yeah oh dear no very good lynn thank you so much for for that and uh the next one is a text and uh, the text this week is from christine formerly cycling christine um and christine says this inspired by eddie's three s's i can only say that his storyline and interactions with oliver were stupid stupider <laughs> and stupidest and when did Oliver mm. become so hapless? Regards, Christine. Yeah, Eddie, as I said earlier, despicable. Um, and when Eddie said to Kenton, oh, Shula's pulled out, your sister. Like, Who else is Shula? Are there two Shulas? Why does he have to say to Kenton, your sister? I appreciate yeah. it's for some perhaps yeah. newer listeners, but uh, I, I don't know, just, just made me chuckle a bit. Uh, I mean, I agree... Uh, with you i didn't like his strategy of doing it i didn't like hearing eddie or talk about it or when he was actually implementing this 3s strategy thank goodness for fallon stepping in and showing kenton just how much of a con man joe was uh, and at the end when kenton said we're going to wipe the floor with eddie grundy yes please i can't wait for that he deserves it i think and maybe that's what we needed maybe we needed that story to actually not like a character and feel that they were getting away with it and then it, it's all going to be resolved in the end i just don't know why they picked on eddie they could have just added it to adam's list of ne'er-do-wells well that is a long list isn't it um in terms of adam um mm. I, I i want nobody to do anything nasty to oliver i'm, I'm sorry I, I was mm. a, a ring of steel around lovely oliver <laughs> and um i think you've been very kind really christine to say stupid stupider and stupidest because we we, we 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 use more more flowery <laughs> stronger language earlier in this podcast i mean yeah, he's just uh, despicable as you know disgraceful i had just don't like it and uh, as brian said i wanted to go away and i agree with you and i think maybe we need one of his ruses to be exposed for what it is and perhaps the village will see him more for what he is and perhaps, even more importantly, the editors and scriptwriters will stop coming out with these damn ruses, which we're heartily <laughs> sick of, and come up with a new device for the Grundy family. <laughs> oh, we love it, really. Um, and our second email this week is from Anon of Ambridge. Oh, I've missed them, haven't you, Philip? <laughs> yeah. What do, they want, what do they want to know this week? God, here we go. Dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, thank you for your help and advice. You are very kind to me. My question this week is about lasagna. <laughs> You're an expert at this, aren't you, Philippa? As there seems to be different types made in the village, and I'm not sure what everyone is going on about. Please tell me why lasagna is so important. <laughs> Where I should go for some, Anon of Ambridge. I'm the clue. I, honestly, Anon of Ambridge, me and food. I mean, I love it on the plate. I cannot remember it tomorrow. Um, we had a green green dish, didn't we, that, that Susan took. Yeah. Well, uh, no, that Neil took around, that Susan grabbed hold of. Maybe the dish is very important, Anon of, um, of Ambridge. Uh, we had a lot of people laying into you, Philippa, didn't we, because you yeah. were saying, I need three dishes. And people were like, no, you don't. You can have it all pre-cooked. What do you want about? You yes. need one pan and some sauce and bechamel or whatever. Um, 
food is very important in the arches. I mean, we had it, you know, mm. Chris offered Alice a curry, didn't he, this week? <laughs> so what can we read into that? And of course, we've always had the chili. Um, oh. you know, we all know what chili means, don't we, if we're in the Carter yes. household. So I, I, uh, over to the expert in Olive Ambridge, uh, who is Philippa, who'd like to redeem herself <laughs> from having upset so many lasagna lovers <laughs> yeah. well food is very important to me i have to say you know in times gone past if, if the family is saying oh do you remember such and such a day i might not be able to remember what was discussed but i can tell you what food we how, ate. how do you do that i cannot remember i because cannot food is always on my mind clearly <laughs> 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 I mean, it's like, minute I've finished one meal, it's like, right, what's next? Anyway, I, I, yes. thought, I thought the arches was always on your mind, Philip. It, it is, obviously. And after food, food right, after go. food, yes. right. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, I have been suitably reprimanded you on have. the lovely Dum De Dum uh, group on Facebook. Um, uh, there is a, a significant discussion on the cooking of lasagna uh, from a version that is very simple. I think the, the simplest version is get it out of the freezer from a supermarket <laughs> and whack it in the microwave to the most complicated, which some people take two days uh, to complete the cooking and the slow cooking of sauces. So whatever I say is it's going to be wrong. But all I know is I like a, a good lasagna. And a non Ambridge, if you don't know where to go for good lasagna, may I respectfully suggest go to the bowl, ask Wayne if he can get you uh, one of his classic lasagnas with a side of garlic bread. And I think that's that's your best bet. Top tip there from, from top lasagna expert, Philippa <laughs> Hall. <laughs> top at eating it, not, not cooking it, yeah. it would seem. But there we go anyway. Um <laughs> Thank you for your calls and emails and texts. We we really do value them so much. Please keep keep them coming. And so to Facebook and our lovely Dum De Dum community there as we sit back for the weekly roundup with Sue. Actually, just before we go to the social media roundup, I need to give a massive apology for the quality of sound. Um, there are some gremlins at work and we're going to sort it out. We're going to work with Sue because what she has to say is just wonderful. There's been some great activity on the Facebook group. So bear with this time and it will be sorted next time. Apologies. Hello, my lovelies. Sue here, Queen of Tart on the Twitters. Well, it's been a week of soul-searching, self-delusion and downright lying on the archers. So, nothing new, really. Let's talk about Eddie and the ridiculous, utterly ridiculous flower produce show plan. Rob Williams asked exactly when did the Eddie Oliver dynamic change so radically. And a lot of people clearly want to know this, but David Tweedy points out it changed after Caroline dies. Leslie Greaves said, it's very unpleasant to listen to. Eddie is mean and underhand, and Oliver is subservient. Rob added that Oliver was always the epitome of honesty and sincerity. The thought of him being actively involved in that level of deception and dishonesty doesn't sit well with me. Amy Sturdley completely agrees. Yes, I usually get a kick out of Eddie's shenanigans, but not this time. It's just implausible sitcom fluff to me. I'm finding it really hard to listen to. But John Beasley gives us an alternative viewpoint which we ought to bear in mind. I know this is long. I wouldn't normally choose a bit this long, but it's the only positive viewpoint I could find. And so I think we ought to bear with him. Eddie would love to win the top trophy in Joe's memory. He knows that in Ambridge, the Grundies are the underdogs. Uh, Income, class and expectations conspire to keep them there. 
Eddie believes with good reason there is no way a Grundy can win honestly at the Flower and Produce Show, so he's tilting the odds in his favour. Simples. His methods may not seem ethical to many in this group, but to Eddie they make perfect sense. And Joe would approve. I have to agree with that, I've got to be honest. Oliver has conflictive loyalties. Before Caroline's death and the explosion at Grey Gables, he would have had the confidence to take a stand. But I've felt for some time that Oliver is a broken man. It's very sad. For me, Kay Goff sums it up when she says this storyline is crap. What is going to happen to the flower and produce here if there's only one entry in each class? Will it get cancelled for lack of interest? Thank goodness for Kenton making a stand. I hope the worm turns and everyone enters and Judge Jennifer sorts it out. I personally can't wait for Clary to find out what Eddie's doing. On to Adam and Ian. Oh, Adam, you poor sausage. Poor, poor sausage. Imagine having to get in a car and drive 20 miles to your new job. I really feel for you and so do many of us. Keith Rawlins said, poor old Adam. I presume he is doing his commute on a pedal cycle as 20 miles is not that difficult in a modern vehicle. Kate Lyle, oh, sorry, 20 miles. Are we talking about snowshoeing across the trackless Arctic waste? Oh, bless. And John Beasley, oh, you are my favourite dumpty dumber this week, you really are. Bottlenecks both sides of Borchester, slurry on the southbound slipway to the bypass and a jackknife trailer blocking Darrington High Street with no way round. <gasps> Plus the resurfacing with all those li- loose chippings on the lanes through Pennyhasset. 20 miles on Borchester's Road can really be a pig of a commute. Nicholas Nitsua, who I, ho- I hope I've pronounced that right, generally speaking, this is about all the archers as they go, once they've left the enclave, they go a bit nuts. Big Brenda melted down when she had to commute to Leicester. She and Tom nearly starved to death. And later she ventured abroad, met a Russian oligarch and was never spoken of again. No wonder Adam is pretty knocked out with a commute like that. All sorts might happen. He could, of course, change his hours to ease the commute or even more radically employ a splendid nanny to cover the hours and hours when he's breaking a new trial out of Ambridge. Or he could carry on as he is and sigh a lot. He's good at that too. Lynn Rafferty points out, remember Route B. It was intended to fix the problems with the constantly blocked Felpersham bypass, wasn't it? He can blame David for preventing it being built. Oh, it's been a while since we've been able to blame David for something, isn't it? I'm feeling a lovely warm glow. Such memories. Ian and Adam are going to have to change. Leslie Greaves says, how have they never understood that having a child means it alters your life? And Kate Lyle added, it seems to me that Adam and Ian have made perfectly sensible childcare plans. It's just that Adam didn't keep to his side of the deal. And Paul Norris adds, we're not playing the blame game, says Ian, doing just that. If they move closer, then Ian will just have to do the commute instead of most of just the childcare. Or just the childcare and the commute, who knows anyway. Or they could just move out and we wouldn't have to listen to Adam. Mm. But what of Alice and Chris? Oh, the letters were hard to listen to. Rob Williams said, And when the continuity announcer said, And Chris has a surprise for Alice, who else expected a scene with Amy climbing out of a window? Instead, we got the banner and the memory box. Audrey Brown said, The memory box was the surprise, And maybe the banner Martha made. I don't like the way he plunked Martha into her arms like that. She wasn't ready and she was scared. I wish he'd let Alice pick Martha up of her own volition rather than forcing the issue. I know he's desperate, his approach isn't helping, and therein lies the drama, of course. 
very good point. Emily Pettengel, Pettengel said a lot of what I thought and many others, including Lillian McCarthy, Sandra Jenkinson and Amy Elizabeth Tackett. Anyone else feel impressed, proud of Emma yesterday? She was thoughtful, genuine and empathetic in her conversation with Alice. Far more than Chris, she was able to support Alice while also getting out of her way, allowing Alice to journey towards wellness herself. Chris really needs to step back and understand Alice better. He means well, but he's clueless, and his desperate enthusiasm is piling the pressure on her. And Keith Winter agreed very much. I thought that was one of the most touching bits on the show in ages, he said. I really love that there was no blame but an acceptance that Alice is ill. It will be very interesting to see where we go with this. And a couple of things to end with. Jackie White just listen to the omnibus my favorite line was fallon's he was wearing a blazer so i thought he was organized words to live by and i'll leave you with these words of jan mitchell the warmest heartedest and the worst butter ripperer just like you dumdy dummers back with you in a few weeks stay safe and well my lovelies Thank you, Sue, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us there. We, we'd love to see you. Um, and talking of social media, of course, uh, Twitter's a big part of this podcast. And we have uh, our Dumpty Dum team at Dumpty Dum, who are doing a, a great job. Uh, like them, when tweeting, it's best to use the archers hashtag but do remember to use the capital t and a in that hashtag so the visually impaired can also enjoy them too and don't forget to also include at dumpty dum as well so we can all see your tweets and keep that community growing as well as at dumpty dum we're both on twitter i can be found at quick book review how about you quentin yes my uh, uh, tweeting about the archers can be found at at 13 minute man that's uh, at one three minute man now it is time to crown our tweeters of the week i've been coming under a lot of pressure this week i've been lobbied uh, actively lobbied by certain people, <gasps> primarily by Stephen Bowden, who did our wonderful Dumpty Dum at the top of this podcast. And st- I'm mean, Stephen is gagging to be chosen for this accolade, <laughs> and he actually tweeted during the week. I have never, ever, ever won a single tweet of the week medal of any kind. It's a travesty, but I fear that if I say so on Twitter, I will be even more blackballed <laughs> than I currently am. So not a word to Dumpty Dum. Okay, <laughs> Stephen, I'm sorry. Now, uh, I've noted your desperation, Stephen, <laughs> but um, it's uh, you're not on the podium this week yet. Sorry, Stephen, but one day, one day. It's a bit like the Coca-Cola recipe. I cannot give away my secrets, but uh, I can assure you that I keep across as many of your tweets as possible. <laughs> so, Stephen, sorry to disappoint you again this week, but on the podium, we have in, in bronze position, we have uh, – Gwendolyn Reese at Gwendolyn Reese, and she says this for her bronze. Apropos of nothing, it's decades of listening to the archers that makes me determined never to live in a village. <laughs> Very good, and I love that. Apropos, <laughs> apropos of nothing, which pretty much sums up all our responses to the archers, really. So well done, uh, Gwendolyn. Uh, you have won bronze, and she's a first-time uh, winner on the podium. In a silver position is a friend, a good, a good friend of Dumpty Dum. It's Pat Brown at uh, Pat Alex T. And she said quite early in the week, she said, wish we could write a letter, then in capitals, we've suffered the most. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what would we write? Yes. But in Golden, this is a first. Okay, Philippa, this mm-hmm. is a first on, okay. on the podcast because we have our own sort of Dame Kelly Holmes medalist, gold medalist, in other words, a double gold medalist, back-to-back weeks, and it is Moira Walton again at Moira Walton. Well done, Moira. And she, at the last minute, came in with this one and just got gold. Zander answered the phone. Yeah, it's okay, Dad. I'm, I'm having a great time. The other dad has bored himself to sleep. And does, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, Maura, well done. You have won gold for the second time in uh, a week. Very good. Now, being British, we hate talking about money, don't we? But there are costs involved, as we mentioned earlier, in keeping the podcast afloat. For instance, the website needs maintaining, other licenses need to be paid for, and Royfield has various cost to pay with running this podcast for you and he's on our back to sort of ask me to come forward so please get him off our backs and just (laughs) just visit the site would you um so if you would be interested in supporting dumpty dum we would be ever so grateful can't you hear our our desperation (laughs) Uh, you can do this via the patreon tipping system which you can find on the dumpty dum website or by going to patreon.com and typing in dumpty dum it all helps deliver this podcast to your ears every week Now, I need to say a very special thank you because somebody has left the nicest, kindest review on Apple iTunes. Well, they actually like us. Yeah, Library Bore, they've called themselves. Um, I'm sure they're not a bore, but that's the name they've they've gone under. But thank you. It means so much. We're very, very grateful and uh, we appreciate it a lot. Yes, thank you. you. Thank you. And thanks again to Stephen for his marvellous Dumpty Dum tune, uh, to our Sue for her Facebook roundup, and for calls, texts and emails from Jen, Brian, Bernadette, Witherspoon, Claire, Glynn, Anon of Ambridge, Lynn and Christine. Thanks also as ever to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown cracking the whip on us this week. <laughs> so what will be revealed next week? Will Oliver ever recover from being called Ollie by Kenton? Never. <laughs> will anybody whose surname isn't Grundy enter and win the Flower and Produce Show? Never. Will Chris start a new memory box this time for Amy, with a used spa voucher and a chocolate wrapper. Please, never. And will Jennifer reduce her scone preparation time further, winning an entry in the Guinness Book of World Records? All will be revealed. So, it's a bye-bye from me. And it has to be a bye-bye from me, because I've got to go on another tip run for my father-in-law. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> bye-bye. on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.